0: Welcome to the Human Centred Leadership Podcast with me, your host, Colm Hay. I have worked in the leadership space for three decades and now I work with organizations and leaders to develop powerful cultures of high value and performance that is built all around their people. We will interview leaders from around the world and at the very top end of their game to explore what emotional intelligence in practice actually looks like and the benefits that it could bring to any team. This is a movement to transform the way that we see leadership and to create powerful cultures where people feel seen, heard, valued and appreciated and consequently perform to the very best. Why don't you join the movement and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to click on notifications to stay up to date with all new content. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. I don't know what time it is, what you, what time you're listening to this particular episode, but uh, thank you for being here again. I get to speak to incredible people, incredible leaders from around the world, from all shapes and sizes, all sorts of organization, all, all sorts of journeys and pathways that they've been on, but they all have one thing in common. They understand the importance of human-centric leadership, and that's what we're really here to explore. Uh, and I've got a fascinating guest here today. Uh, we've had a couple of conversations. In fact, just before we I press record for this podcast, we ended up getting off into another conversation, which we're going to have to pull back into this podcast because it is so fascinating. I want to uh, um, um, welcome to the podcast today, Anita Mota, who is the CEO of an organization called Million Minutes. Now, I'm going to let her explain exactly what it is, but let me just give you a bit of a taste. It's all about young people. It's about empowering young people to become leaders within themselves, to shape their, their own lives, both personal and professional, and also shape the world around them. Now, I am fascinated by leadership in the youth because we are developing a youth leadership programme. So I'm really fascinated to see what that looks like and, uh, and what that might look like going forward. So Anita, welcome to our show and I'd love to hear more about Million Minutes.
1: Fantastic, thank you very much for having me. So rightfully, as you said, Million Minutes is a Catholic youth agency um, and we work to equip the church to accompany young people to transformative social change. So what that means is that we work across the Catholic community, Catholic schools, parishes, we work with people of all faith and none mm-hmm. to bring the voices of young people out to the forefront of our communities. Um, so it is empowering that voice, meeting young people where they are at, whatever, you know, whatever their needs are, whatever their backgrounds are, to really bring the voices out into the public sphere and to give them the skills and confidence because you know they're going to shape our future so we want to help to accompany them and equip others to accompany them on that
0: journey absolutely and i love anything that is about shaping those future leaders of the world because that's essentially who they are isn't it and and recognizing them at this at this early stage of their life is something i think we should have been doing full stop it should be in the curriculum in our school's curriculum Uh, this whole uh, development of leadership skills. uh, And unfortunately, we don't do that. So, you know, it's really great to have organisations like yourself that put the energy into this. Now, you gave me some staggering figures the other day. Uh, Mm. So you you talk about Catholic, uh, you know, the Catholic Church, and I'm thinking, okay, so how many young people might they be, uh, you know, touching there in terms of how many people will they be connecting with there? And I had like a few thousand, but you gave me fairly staggering numbers. So do you want to just repeat some of those numbers?
1: Yeah, sure. So there's about 2,090 Catholic schools in the country right. and currently in secondary education, it's around 850,000 young people in Catholic secondary education. That's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we're a significant, you know, proportion of uh, yeah the population. And bear in mind, um, you know, Catholic schools... Except people of all faiths and none. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind I recently read, I think, from the National Office of Statistics, that Catholic schools um, amongst the faith schools are the most ethnically diverse schools within the country. Oh, right. So um, you know, it's really interesting to, to note that I think in terms yes. of the voice that sits within our communities.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it, it's, it's also easy when somebody mentions this religion or that religion to think, well, you're only going to be serving that religion. But uh, from what you're saying, you're actually going to be touching all religions and none, as you say, uh, because Catholic schools aren't just there for Catholic, uh, ca- Catholic people and Catholic children, are they? Uh, no. So th- some of the work that you're doing um, – I find it fascinating in terms of what it is that you want to do and and the numbers the sheer numbers of of young people that you have the potential uh, to guide to teach to help them to grow what kind of activities are you involved in to to make that happen
1: So we at the moment we have um two main projects. So one is called Adventurous Accompaniment. And that is a kind of toolkit of resources that equips, you know, people who work with young people and other audiences, I would say, to be able to effectively listen, respond, uh, and, and kind of guide along a pathway without the assumption that you are the person that is accompanying the other oh, like, that's like interesting. maybe that maybe kind of in in within the process that you might have a transformative experience yourself you might learn something yourself so so it's kind of like so you, you as know, the leader
0: rid- what you're saying is you as a leader by engaging with people in a certain way you might also be growing constantly growing forward yeah i love Absolutely.
1: that and, and, to, and to really to note that so, it, it, I think it takes out a power dynamic there. I love to say to people when we're engaging with these resources that, you know, to, particularly where you're working with young people, have you ever thought of a time where actually you're sat in a conversation with a young person and you've learnt something?
0: Yeah. And have you
1: actually said to that young person or acknowledged, you know, to that young person that, you know, thank you because you've taught me that today.
0: I think that's such a powerful thing. Yeah, it's such a powerful thing that you've just said, because there are so many moments in my life. If I were to truly sit down and reflect, there will be so many moments in in my life where I have spoken to young people and taken something away. You know, at the very basic level, it's somebody who helps me to use some piece of technology at the (laughs) very basic level, because i Still. And we are living in this more and more complex world. It was only yesterday that somebody told me I'd been paying into a, a piece of software for about a year. Uh, and they said, oh, did you know that because you're now paying into this piece of software, you can do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. And just went on with all of these options. I had no idea any of those existed. Yeah, But so at amazing. the very basic level, it, it is things like that. But I think sometimes... Uh, Young people, because they are not, they they they're not sort of um, touched by some of the complications of the world. Their thinking can be quite pure. So, from that purity of thought comes a lot of wisdom, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and it's wisdom that they just take as 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 natural. But for us, it's quite striking. And I think you know when you hear young people talking around diversity and inclusion and some of those topics. It's astounding, you know, and some organisations can learn an awful lot from young people.
1: It's interesting that you say that because actually Pope Francis says that youth is a state of mind.
0: Yeah, and I love that.
1: It is that it is. having that renewed um, vision, having a constant sense of renewal, that means that you can see situations, people with a fresh set of eyes every day, that constant reset, um, yeah, so, so that you're not coming in with all your presumptions, your assumptions, like t- take each person in this now, in this present moment, in the culture, in the context that it is, and see it with a fr- with youthful eyes.
0: For those of you who are just listening to this on audio, I've got this huge cheesy grin on my face right now, and I'll tell you, how it is <laughs> you're probably wondering, why is he grinning at me like that? I remember when I asked you to come on the show and you said, well, well, I don't know what I can talk about. I don't know what I've got to offer. And you just thrown out all of these bombshells because you know, uh, when you're talking about this constant state of growth, um, I'm minded of Simon Sinek, who is like, you know, one of my leadership gurus really, and I I love everything that he says about leadership, but he has a book called the infinite mind. And and he says, you know, we live in this world, a very competitive world where we are constantly looking at this winning person. Post, this final post that we, we we say, you know, we want to be a millionaire by the age of 30. I want to have achieved this by so and forth. And so I'll know when I'm successful because I'll have reached this point. He says, so what's beyond that point then? Does that mean that life is over? And he says, you know, the truly successful leaders are the leaders that grow every single day. They have this growth mindset. They constantly, they see life as a journey. So, you know, what Pope Francis has said about youth being a state of mind, I think is absolutely true. But you'll only be youthful in your mind if you're constantly growing forward, right? And I guess that's what he's what he's alluding to. I think that's yeah. fantastic. I want to take you on to something else that you said actually before we press record, and we were talking about. Um, now I have to just try and remember because I'm I, as youthful as I am in my thinking. And sometimes my brain has a bit of a fog because <laughs> I'm getting old. But we we were talking about. Uh, some fundamental leadership skills, and you were talking about within the Catholic Church and this conversation that's taking place right now about the the importance of listening.
1: Yeah.
0: And as soon as you said it, I thought this is going to be interesting. Do you want to just uh, talk about uh, what, what what we're talking about there?
1: Yeah. So right now in Rome, in the Vatican, um, all you know, all church leaders from around the world, not just church leaders, like people from all across different uh, aspects of life are gathered in Rome. Mm-hmm. Behind closed doors, there's a media blackout at the moment to to have the kind of safe space to really come together yeah. to talk about like what what is the way that the church needs to be able to move forward. Now, this isn't just like a one-off event. This is this has been, you know, years in in the making. Yeah. Um, so it is called the synod. Um synod of synods and um Pope Francis is leading it and he's he's not leading it from the front he's you know sitting there really trying to encourage this culture of encounter this culture of listening every single Catholic community over the last couple of years have been encouraged to engage with this process to kind of answer questions on you know what is the reality of their experience of church culture community Mm -hmm. today and to feed that back so all of that is is being you know brought to the table now and 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 people are listening to each other um in in that space and and trying to discern what a way forward is you know trying to put aside difference put aside um background you know assumptions and all of that to, to try and discern what the way forward is and it is interesting because we've we've a lot of us have engaged in this process of of trying to listen to each other and i think this for me is is the future of our catholic community of of community in general you know Mm. i think pope francis is a very clever um leader to really situate this kind of thinking within the economy today in an con- in a con- in an economy that is uh, getting much more kind of highly polarized um where, you know divides there's the potential for divides to get even greater yeah. um so i think he's a leader that is, is really calling for a coming together despite you know our polarizations come together and listen to each other because god forbid you might learn something <laughs>
0: Well, absolutely. Hey, God. listen, we were talking about how listening is so critical now, and uh, and fundamentally, it's listening that's going to help build relationships. Uh, and you know, we're talking about we had various examples, and you were talking about you know you and your husband, and you know this this whole concept of listening when it comes to leadership is actually equally applicable in your personal relationships is, is the example that you were giving and you were talking about how your husband, uh, <laughs> as much as you listen to your husband, your husband says he really needs to listen to you because you say so much. <laughs>
1: and he he probably has well. to work harder. He probably <laughs> has to work harder to listen to me. The poor thing. I feel sorry for him <laughs> but do you know what it is? And it's funny. It's interesting actually, when you think about like, relationships even some of the your closest relationships how you can be so different in just your personalities itself that you might have to learn relearn every day sorry about that notification uh, relearn every day about how you listen to each other am I listening to nonverbal communication today am I listening to verbal communication today do I need to actually just you know stop what I'm doing to listen to this particular piece of information, how yeah. active or passive am I within that listening? Um, and how does that affect the quality of our relationship? And you'll see that on the most kind of your most intimate relationships. Like that's, that's where you kind of see, um, the impact of that really heightened.
0: That's a really good example of how developing the art of listening, the art of communicating at a personal level can actually uh, be replicated in a professional sense as well, because listening is listening. Uh, but I think, you know, sometimes what we do when we listen, we, we sort of listen with half an ear. We sort of listen superficially. Uh, and the real art of listening is, is being mindful in your listening and being intentional in your listening. Uh, uh, You know, I I use the example when we were talking earlier on about my wife. My wife works as a a, a GCSE teacher. For those of you who are listening outside of the UK, these are the key exams at the age of 16 years old in the UK schools in the UK. Uh, She's an English teacher, but she works in a special school. So most of her kids have got uh, some kind of a, Uh, neurodivergence they are either on the autism spectrum or adhd or something similar so and it's not unknown for maybe one of her kids to have a a meltdown halfway through the day maybe you know throw things around maybe uh, have some kind of uh, some kind of an episode which makes the teaching and learning that bit more difficult but she's so passionate uh, about everything that she does, and I you know i 'm so proud of her because she she these kids come to her with very low predicted grades, and she has successively uh, and consistently managed each year to get them to higher higher grades uh, but every day she rings me up as she 's traveling home and it 's twenty minutes, and she will just bleh, she will literally just give me all of her frustrations, everything that 's gone on in the day telling me this story, that story. And I rarely speak apart from to ask more questions. And then of course, when she gets home, I make her a cup of tea and then she carries on for another 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But then after that, it's done. It's a really good release. But I, I, I think like you, Anita, it is my moment in the day where it's that opportunity to reconnect with my wife, to see things from her perspective, to develop some empathy towards her. Uh, and I think it deepens our relationship. And I often think back, you can just see my cat. For those of you who are not or just listening to me on audio, my cats keep me company. So my little cat Coco is currently behind me uh, trying to jump onto the printer where she can maybe fall asleep. And <laughs> actually, she, she just wants to be on camera, really. Uh, so I, I often find that uh, those kind of relationship building, that that art of listening, is transferable into the professional environment. And, and, and often, you know, I have meetings with people where they just want to talk about themselves or they have something that they need to say and they just need to say that. But it's not a two-way process.
1: May I offer a little response to that? Because I think yeah, particularly in the, wor- in the workplace, right, I would also say never underestimate those moments of passing someone by or... Or at like say the coffee station or or you know, and, and I and I always think about it. there's a story, like um one of the saints actually, the patron for young people, Saint John Bosco, mm-hmm. his one of his things that he used to do was uh, stand by the water fountain, tell his tell his people, you know, to stand by the water fountain, and you will be invited into a world of conversation and stories that you wouldn't get in the classroom or the playground or the, in your kind of more formalized environments, like, yeah, stand by those places and listen and offer something of yourself within those spaces as well.
0: So here's the thing. That's a great example. Thanks very much for sharing that. Here's the other thing then. So I think we've gone through a massive shift uh, over the last few years in terms of how, how we turn up, how we behave at work, the opportunities that are presented to us and also how we communicate as a consequence thereof. Uh, so if you think about it, you know, after lockdown, we got so used to working either uh, remotely or in a hybrid kind of way. What a lot of people are saying to me are that they miss these opportunities to have the -the off-the-cuff conversations, the water fountain conversation, the coffee conversations, and something called the corridor conversations. And uh, what people are saying is, look, you know, we have these virtual meetings and they're great because it means I can connect with people that are hundreds of miles away, maybe thousands of miles away. But the downside of having these meetings is that they literally are back-to-back so I could have a meeting that finishes at 11 o'clock. My next meeting finish, uh, starts at 11 o'clock. So I literally jump out of one meeting, press another button, I'm in another meeting. Which is all well and good from a from a sort of a productivity point of view, but from a mindset and a, and a, and a mental health point of view, and that ability to allow information to sink in, it's not very good. Before when I went to meetings, I'd go to a meeting and then I'd be walking away to my office from that meeting or to another meeting, but I have the opportunity as I'm walking to mull things over, to either have a conversation inside my head or maybe to talk to somebody else about it as I'm walking and just analyse what went on in that meeting. We don't have that time anymore. So I think the, the real challenge in the place of work and as you quite rightly say, also in our own homes, the real challenge for us is how do we really connect with each of those human beings again? And I think this mm. is the shift. The real shift in the world is to be less about the performance focus or take less focus away from the performance and put more focus in on the human centered uh, approach connecting with people inside the workplace, outside of the workplace, and then having trust that this renewed connection with human beings actually will, will result in high performance. It's a leap of faith. Uh, but I think that that's where we're at in the world.
1: It's interesting because I, I also think that, you know, you talk about the impact on productivity. Mm-hmm. Actually, if we're talking about sustainability, you know, I, I think what you're proposing is is that route to sustainability. Mm. We're, we're, we're living in a mental health crisis yeah. and in a highly digitized world. And I mean, there's probably studies and graphs and whatnot that kind of will plot the sort of um, the relationship between the two. Uh, you know, how do we carve time for ourselves and for each other, those really important Relationships, whether they're with people, but also you know, with with the physical world. Yeah, it's not just people. It is, it is, you know, that the kind of the mindfulness, the well-being stuff, like a bit of gardening, a walk, just your connectivity to the physical, the physicality of this world.
0: Because, as you say, we're living in a digitized world, right? So we spend so much of our world living virtually, almost. Uh, 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 and this this reconnection with the physical, the reconnection with nature, the reconnection even with ourselves is so important. And you are right. Uh, we're hearing more and more about a mental health crisis, uh, you know, uh, toxic cultures. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen things like the great resignation, quiet quitting, loud quitting, industrial action. All of these are symptoms of a greater root root cause root problem Uh, and what is that root problem i think that's what we need to pick the layers away on uh, and peel away the layers of the the onion to get to that that core what is it what's going on and i think it it is this significant shift in the way that we think the way that we work and the way that the world actually is because the world has gone through a transformation and i just don't think that we are the same world as we were pre-2020 absolutely not And I think, you know, this stuff, this, this stuff that you're talking about in terms of listening and reconnecting is so, it sounds so simple, but it's so, so powerful, so important. Uh, And developing relationships with people is, is like, this is why I created this podcast to have these kind of conversations about what does it mean to be human centered? What does that look like for, for a leader? You know? and everything that you're talking about there in terms of the, from the, the driver behind, uh, you know, million minutes to how you show up as a leader, to the stuff that's going on in a church, to the, the, the conversations that you're having at home and and and, you know, how they then transmute into the conversations that you could have at work. Everything comes down to people at the end of the day, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, give people the dignity that they have the right to Mm. give them that by, by giving them the time of day and and listening to them because that's all we want from this world, isn't it? That's all we want from, from other people. Like the worst thing in the world, not maybe not the worst, but I, I hate it when I feel like I'm not listened to. Like, like if I think about what's the opposite of it, all those moments where I, wasn't listened to and how that builds up toxicity within me
0: yeah, yeah. and
1: pushes me down a path that, you know, can be quite dark. If you, if you go too far down that path, you can, it can be a place of isolation. It can be a place of loneliness. It can be. Yeah. So so you, so you need people that help you to feel dignified, listened to, valued as a, as, a person as a life. If we're really kind of, you know, mm. going w- deep into it, like pe- people are, people are a gift. Every single person is a gift.
0: And sometimes we, I think, we might just overcomplicate it all, uh, and we just need to strip away down to the simplicity of, of what it to what it is. Uh, and you know, you've used a perfect ex- example of how you feel if you're not listened to. Well, how do other people feel? If they're not listened to, if they're not treated in a certain way, Uh, you know, I know that we have this fancy terminology out there nowadays, psychological safety, psychological danger. These were terms that we hadn't heard of before. But in essence, that's what we're talking about. We are talking about when somebody feels psychologically safe, you know, you don't need a, a chart or a graph or a map to say that they are more likely to work harder and better and more efficiently if they feel valued, appreciated, heard, and seen, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so that is it. That is it for me. And I think the fact that you're teaching young children these kind of skill sets, uh, you're creating a whole new generation of leaders.
1: Well, we, I think we do this together. You know, we, we don't. It's a, that, I mean, it's a collective thing. I mean, but you're
0: specifically focusing on that on that area, that generation. Uh, and I think I would have to applaud you for the work that you're doing but I mean, I'm still staggered by the numbers, <laughs> 850,000. 50,000. That's like close to a million children. So what is it that you're going to do? I mean, have you got a, 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 a goal in mind? Is it all under 850,000 that you're hoping to be able to connect with? Wow. That's what?
1: the dream. That yeah. is the dream. I, th- I think that, yeah. Do you know what we, so we have got a schools program that is launching this year. Um, Actually just soft launched it a few weeks ago um, where we are uh, not to give away too much, but, but it's a six stage kind of learning journey, which, which starts with an audit, you know, let's capture their real voice and the Mm. the kind of simple premise of the audit is I dream of, I dream of, I dream of a world, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And, by the end of that kind of six step journey, we hope to bring their their voices, their ideas together with ideas from uh, pe- leaders within the public sector, private sector, from the faith sector, um, to, to listen to those dreams and to, to help create a manifesto of dreams for young people. Love. That's that's the outcome. So we Love hope that. to run that project year on year. It's called a Celebrating Young People Revival. Um Again like going in this this theme of like renew to be youthful is to be renewed every day um and and just just hear those voices and then discern what's the way forward, you know. Hear
0: those voices first. Well, listen, uh, if you can create an army of emotionally intelligent, human-centred leaders from a very young age, I absolutely applaud you and wish you all the very, very best. Thank you so much. And you will have my 100% support behind anything like that, because I think this is what the world needs. The world needs, uh, you know, future leaders who are connected with human beings, and they understand the importance of relationships, um, understand the importance of, of listening, uh, uh, as, as basic as that sound and, um, and understand, you know, it, 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 getting these things right can inevitably lead to better performing people in organisations and society. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please do subscribe and click on notifications for new content. And of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. Take care. Have a great day.